time enough at last. Submitted for your consideration to sci-fi fans, Sean Majors and Keith Conrad. Rewatch The Twilight Zone from beginning to end. It's like something out of that Twilighty show about that zone. The reluctant gentleman with the sizable mouth is Mr. Frisbee. He has all the drive of a broken camshaft and the aggressive vinegar of a corpse. As you've no doubt gathered, his big stock in trade is the tall tail. Now, what he doesn't know is that the visitors out front are a very special breed, destined to change his life beyond anything even his fertile imagination could manufacture. The place is Pitchville Flats. The time is the present. But Mr. Frisbee's on the first leg of a rather fanciful journey into the place we call the Twilight Zone. Episode 95 of The Twilight Zone was Hocus Pocus and Frisbee. And Sean, I, I think that uh, Somerset Frisbee, um, which I, I think he gives himself a couple other names during the course of this episode, but Somerset Frisbee One might two. be the single most annoying human being in the history of, of human beings. <laughs> Keith, he's got it all. A loud voice, a gross body, Terrible, uh, terrible outfit. The eyebrow hair is really something that should be remarked uh, at. It is remarkable. <laughs> eyebrow but, but hair. It, it's not just a loud voice. It, it's very high pitched and annoying. That. Uh, oh my god! It's just. Uh, it is. It, it is insane. Even when he. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Yep, not a likable guy. Sorry. Uh, Andy Devine uh, is the is the young man who played uh, Somerset Frisbee. He died in 1977, so we don't have to worry about him hearing this. So I, that's, that's a good thing. I will say I had no idea who Andy Devine was. Um, mm-hmm. I knew the name from the Jimmy Buffett song "Pencil and Mustache," which I highly recommend. Listening okay, to, yeah, <laughs> listening to Jimmy Buffett unironically just just let it go. He's a great musician. Just let it I, go. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> well. See, see, that's a more pleasant thing to remember him. <laughs> exactly. So I saw Andy Devine, and I was like, "Oh, it's Andy Devine." Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's this episode had so much potential because, man, the aliens are cool. I really like the aliens, but they, yeah, it's like the uh, Mod Squad aliens. I, I know. I oh my god, those turtlenecks! Are you kidding me? And I think that what they did was they actually took the, uh, you know, probably the prosthetics from uh, uh, Eye of the Beholder and just flipped them inside out. <laughs> That's all they did. It looked exactly like that. And, um, you know, we'll get to their uh, uh, Achilles heel. Uh, but um, another reason why I'd, I would probably get along with them. We'll find out later in the episode. Uh, which, by the way, an Achilles heel that was uh, ultimately stolen by... Um, um, now I can't. Tim Burton in uh, the movie Mars Attacks. Oh yes, yes. Oh my gosh, I need to I need to rewatch that show or that uh that movie. So good. Uh, so anyway, as we've uh, sort of alluded to, uh, the episode uh, focuses on Somerset Frisbee uh, with a Y, not in not uh, double E like the uh, yeah, like, of course the, the toy. Um, Another good Twilight Zone name too. It, it really is, and uh, I, I'm trying to think in, in the '60s. I mean. It didn't take much to invent the frisbee, but I'm not sure when that would have actually happened. So, like, did he did he pick that name because uh, it sounded like the uh, so- sounded like the the flying disc or 
was that just a coincidence? You know, I, Maybe. I, I, I would imagine I, I actually know a, a person whose whose last name is is Frisbee, much more delightful person than. Uh, <laughs> no, is this is your friend Frisbee double E or Frisbee Y? Uh, fr- Frisbee double E. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Uh, which, is, which now, now I feel like I, I actually have to specifically look it up. If the, the is your friend Amanda Frisbee heiress to the Frisbee fortune? <laughs> you know, I haven't asked, but um, I, I don't think so. Does uh, she get mad when other flying discs are referred to as frisbees? Uh, again, that hasn't come up in conversation, but I would. I, I'm just assuming she does. You're just not having the right yeah. conversations. Yeah, C- clearly not. <laughs> Uh, so Somerset Frisbee, uh, you know, he got out of the, uh, the toy business uh, that his family started and, uh, started a general store and gas station. I don't think they say where it is. I think it's just, you know, small town America. It's the twilight zone. So it's probably Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Ohio. It's Ohio or upstate New York. That's yes. basically, basically Which are closer Ohio. than you might imagine. Uh, it actually is, you know. I was surprised because my uh, my father in law lives in Ohio, yeah. And this isn't exactly the same, but um, I I was shocked at how close because he lives on the eastern half of Ohio, and I was, oh, was yeah. shockingly, I, I was shocked at how how close he is to like Pennsylvania. I, I, yeah, yeah. Western New York, he's probably close to Niagara Falls and all in Buffalo and all yeah, that. Yeah. Um. So they they never they never say where uh, where it is. Um. It's, it's not really cromulent to the story. Um, so, you know, we'll we'll just, we'll just assume it was or New York because that's where Rod Serling tended to, to write these things. Although, uh, oh no, Rod Serling actually did write the teleplay for this. So I, I stand corrected. Yeah, he, he, he did. Um, it, it does seem like a, a Serling sort of story, but, um, oh yeah. So so basically Frisbee is like the, (laughs) he's the town, um, gloat, I guess you'd, you'd call him. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, and, and the thing is, like, I, I, I don't want to judge people because you know maybe he had a, a long storied career and just decided a, a, in his retirement I'm going to run a, a general store and a gas station in in some small town in Ohio and and maybe for all we know everything he said actually was true, um, but the the only thing I can say for sure is that he was the he was the March 1962 cover of Punchable Face magazine. Oh my god. Yeah, he's got it all, man. He is he is number 1 with a bullet <laughs> on faces to be punched. Just those like piano key teeth that you see you somehow see every one of his damn teeth when yeah, he opens his mouth. Do. Um yeah, and he's uh He's uh, he he's got a he's got a bit of a gap, not in the not in the cute way that I do. He, he's it's, <laughs> it's noticeable and annoying. Yeah, it's not the Madonna. <laughs> exactly the it, it, it's it's less uh, Madonna and more um, uh, uh, Mike Tyson. Basically. <laughs> uh, so he, he's basically he basically spends all his time uh, talking to the townsfolk about uh, all the amazing things that he's done in his life uh, while everybody including uh, uh Emmett from uh from uh, Andy Griffith uh yeah. everybody just rolls their eyes at him you know like they, they they seem they they seem pretty uh pretty keyed into the fact that uh, you know it, it's like 
I, I get the feeling that these people have lived in the town, um, you know, their entire lives. And they've oh, yeah. literally known him his entire life. And seen him just about see, seen him just about every day that he's been alive. Oh God, and yet he's still trying that. to convince them that he did all these things. And, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I, I got that sense watching them react to him. Now, jumping a little bit to the end, this isn't like the big reveal. So I think it's okay to say it. But at the end, they're all kind of, I think that they're acting like they don't like it in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end, you know, they sell, they celebrate, they celebrate his, 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 his lying and his fanciness. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, you know, again, they've probably known this guy his entire life. Oh yeah. And, uh, you know, they know that he's lying and, and he probably knows that they know that he's lying, but yeah, they, they, they still listen to it uh, just for the entertainment value. Yeah, there's a really telling uh, interaction that he has later on, uh, you know, midway through the episode. Um, to that point that he he knows they know that he knows. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so uh, at, at at one point he's uh, he's alone in his his little store when uh, some some geeky looking uh, guys uh, show up, and uh, they they I. I I, I think he goes willingly with them, doesn't he? Or, or do they he, knock him out? He, I, I think he goes willingly because uh, they have like a positive interaction, uh, I think, on the side of the road there before. So he trusts them to begin with. Yeah, um, at, at the very, I should say, at the, be, at the very beginning of the episode, they actually, they, they are at his, uh, his gas station. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's telling them some sort of elaborate uh, story. <laughs> and, and, you know, basically they turn to each other and they're like, this is the guy. We, we need him. <laughs> They turn to him and they believe every word he says. Like, in in which case, no movie like Independence Day or, or Mars Attacks, frankly, would ever be made because these aliens are stupid. If they, if they can, they have mastered <laughs> like long distance space flight. Well, like, what was it? Um, uh, but man, it was, are they uh, I, I think it was Galaxy Quest where they yeah. just had like... <laughs> They just had no concept of lying. Like, like oh, it's such a good movie. Alan Rickman's so good in that. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's like they, you know, they they have all this sophisticated equipment to either teleport or, or actually, you know, mechanically, mechanically travel to Earth without being detected, mind you. And then they're just the guy that uh, Tom Sawyer, Huck fan, I forget, uh, convinces to, to paint the, uh, to whitewash the fence for. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I think that that uh, actually answers a lot of questions because uh, you'd have to think that this particular civilization, uh, you know, it, like like the Vulcans, uh, you know, they, they purged themselves of all emotion and, and everything. Sure. Uh, I, I think that uh, this particular society, they uh, took all the energy that they would have been <laughs> devoted to devoting to lying and they 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 you know, used it to invent interstellar travel. So that's why they're so much more technologically advanced. So, you know, it's a trade-off. I would love to see the uh, Canimates from To Serve Man go to the planet. Sorry, my dog's barking in the background. Going to going to the planet uh, that these Hocus Pocus and Frisbee aliens live on. And just, like, no one even finds out it's a cookbook. 
Like they no, just no they eat them on their own planet. That's how gullible they are. <laughs> they just they just show up and start eating people, and <laughs> they, they say they they like eat eat the president on national TV. Then afterwards, they're like, "No, we didn't eat the president." And, and, oh, uh, and everybody's like, "Oh, okay. I guess we 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 uh, we misunderstood what we were seeing. That you didn't eat the president." So we're it's just 2022 then. <laughs> what, what was that uh, on the Simpsons in the uh, Timothy o, Timothy yes. O'Toole episode where he's like. Uh, uh, we uh, we met your president. He was delicious. I, oh I, yes, that's one of the things uh, Bart says. By the way, when uh, when Frisbee is kind of like in the uh, in that field right before he gets you know beamed up, Scotty, right? He he um, that looks like just a setup from when like you know when Kang and Kodos are about to, are mm-hmm. about to to capture you. Yeah, it it really does. So I, I just feel like the Twilight Zone rips off the Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, the the Kang and Kodos ship is is you know the the Forbidden Planet. Yeah, you know, it definitely true. looks like the, like the Forbidden Planet uh, ship, and uh, we know they use that for like twenty different Twilight Zone episodes. <laughs> already, already figure that one out. It's just so funny how like you know obviously <laughs> the Simpsons are half a century later almost and um closer to actually 25 years but um but uh yeah it just they just do it so well they do it so well they do it like we uh, talked about uh, last week or a couple maybe a couple weeks ago um they sometimes they do it better than the twilight zone did it's nuts it's nuts you know what another thing that hit me watching this um especially uh kind of going back to last week who is the I, I think we have your answer, but who is the bigger blowhard? Is it Frisbee or is it what's his name from four o'clock? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, imagine that. So, in like so a it, it's actually time. it's actually a, a, an interesting distinction because the dude from four o'clock like talks uh, crap about everybody else. Ooh, true. He, oh, he, yeah, he just, yeah, yeah. He, he just makes stuff up. So, so he's like more of a talk radio host. Yeah. Whereas Frisbee is more like a politician. And, you know, maybe maybe it's the direction because uh, Lamont Johnson apparently directed both episodes, different different uh, short story writers. And mm-hmm. Serling did the teleplay for both. But uh, I don't know. Maybe maybe we're, you know, the uh, the victim of good direction. Although I don't it, think it took it, much if to you were actually Frisbee. <laughs> If you were actually watching this, like, like I've, I've thought about this um, a lot as, as we've been going through these, um, you know, like uh, um, pretty pretty much in every context that I think the both of us have watched the Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. there's been more than one episode. Like, oh yeah, you know, oh, if, yeah. if I if it was WGN TV when I was a kid, it yeah. was always an hour, so it was you know back to back episodes. Yep. Or, you know, tw- you know, Sci-Fi Channel used to fill like, you know, six hours of programming a day oh, with the least, Twilight yeah. Zone back back before um, back before they were owned by NBC and could get everything <laughs> they wanted. And uh, so, like, like, I, I, I doubt that there's actually been a time where, like, we've only seen one episode at, at once. So imagine when you were actually, you know, watching this, if you were in the 60s, watching this for the first time. Yeah. Like imagine a single episode and that's all you get to see for a week. Like there, there would be somewhere you'd be like, Oh, I don't know if I'm watching the show anymore. Yeah, that's the thing. It is so easy. How did this show? Well, the show survived because there were 2.5 channels, but yeah. I mean the, the fact that like 
I don't know, people stuck around for those, those, they stuck around for, you know, to serve man, you know, uh, and then, you know, they'll, they'll kind of hold their nose and swallow and like the bewitching pool, you know, comes yeah, but, but they didn't know that was going to be the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and, and I guess to be, to be fair, the only thing that, uh, you know, four o'clock and Hocus, Hocus Pocus and Frisbee actually have in common is that their lead characters are incredibly annoying. Like that, that's really at the end of the day, like I, I was thinking oh, of yeah. them as being actually very similar stories, but the only thing they actually have in common is that uh, both of them have very punchable faces. <laughs> and you know what? Like it, it is interesting in the distinction that, that you mentioned because <clears throat> four o'clock we're we're supposed to hate, um, uh, we're supposed to hate the, the main character that, you know, as you accurately say, brings, brings down other people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're supposed to hate Oliver Krangle, but in, I don't know that we're supposed to necessarily hate uh, Frisbee, aside from the fact he's just kind of a, you know, a dog. Because well, I think, I think we, we all in our, in our lives have, have met, uh, that person. Sometimes oh, yeah. we've, sometimes we've been that person. Let, let's yeah, just, yeah, let's too. just be honest. <laughs> Um, you know, so, so I think that, uh, you know, not necessarily likable, but identifiable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, especially when you, uh, you know, in in the sixties, even though, I mean, there's not that much of a difference between life and in the sixties and and now, well, I mean, there's some big differences, but, but, you know, like, you know, I, I've thought about this uh, with my uh, my novel, which you may have heard of, uh, Righteous Might, that if you took somebody from now and put them back in 1941, there would definitely be differences. But it would be very, you know, it would be way more similar than going back to, say, you know, the 1500s. I took such a big step in my quest to read Righteous Might in that I bought a copy. <laughs> you did. And again, this is, I, I am, it, I'm sure it is a brilliant novel. Um, I just don't read books. I haven't read a book, Keith. This is a serious <laughs> confession. I haven't read a book in like four years, five years, probably closer to six years. Even with the, even with the pandemic, just you, you can't, you can't and, do it. Like I, I try to get into audiobooks. I felt like it was cheating. And there's this podcast that I listened to, last podcast on the left. Uh, they put out a book, and it's it's too easy to read. So I also felt like I was cheating. I need mm-hmm. just like, you know, the book, the things they carried. I need a slog. So I think I need to read a slog before I get to Righteous Might. Oh, so that way it just seems like you're you're just blowing through it, like like no problem. Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure it is. Extra- I mean, come on, it's it, it's from the it's from the mind that brought you time enough at last. The podcast, <laughs> so of course it's going to be uh, terrific. But it, I I I feel like it's a personal slight to you that I that it's been on my nightstand for uh, two weeks now and I haven't cracked it open. So I apologize. Uh, <laughs> well, no, what, what you do is you, uh, you just watch the movie The Final Countdown. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was a lot like the final countdown. How can how can uh, if I wanted to get a second copy of Righteous Might? How do I? Uh, is, is is it just Eckhart's Press? Uh, it is. It it it's actually. Uh, so if you want to get a physical book, uh, it's Eckhart's Press. And actually, I might add, you may have uh, timed uh, getting the book uh, uh, poorly because it's on sale now for uh, for a couple couple bucks off at, at Eckhart's Press. 
I am I'm more than happy to uh to to, to support my partner in this uh, well, well thank you I appreciate that but also <laughs> if you're more of a high tech person uh it's also available as a, a Kindle ebook and uh on Audible as an as an audiobook um or I've got a big stack of them uh right behind me right now so just <laughs> just come on by and and say hey Keith how about a book and and I'll throw it down from from the uh, third floor here it's, that's that's uh, you know curbside service if I've ever heard of it. Exactly. So, uh, anyway, these people uh, they they basically are doing a a flight of the navigator sort of thing. Oh my god! Uh, where, where they're like they're collecting uh, specimens from other planets, and um, they no they one basically says compliance though, unfortunately. Uh, unfor- well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can only ask so much. Uh, Paul Rubens wasn't there. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, uh, so they, they much like the aliens in galaxy quest, they have no concept of lying. So they believe he has uh, eight doctoral degrees and invented, uh, uh, whatever he says, Henry Ford had him invent, um, and is just an outstanding example of a human being, despite the punchable face. Maybe that that's actually why they're most impressed by him because he's had, so much success despite having such a punchable face. I mean, he is old rocket sauce frisbee. So. That's that. That is that. that uh, yeah, that that was that that was uh, an interesting nickname for him. I'm, I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> it's funny because I think uh, you know, looking through these names, old cumulus frisbee, which is my favorite, old yeah. Archimedes rear engine, <clears throat> uh, Stonewall rocket sauce, liquid propellant, and mile a minute. I have been. My father has called me at least three of these in my lifetime, so he may have been a fan of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so since they um, don't know uh, what lying is, they uh, they they basically uh, say, "Oh, you're just being modest," and they want to take him to uh, to their own planet. And uh, much like your dog wants to take uh, take you to his home. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just unprofessional, and I apologize. No, that that's uh, it, it. Just adds to the character. I mean, it's, it's true. It's true. It's you know, when comedy bang bang, you know, every time a, a plane flew overhead, they would just play some like you know bendy guitar notes. Exactly. Yeah, we're not. We don't in, insult the listener to that extent. You know, dogs happen. Get a they, dog. They, they they do. Um, you know, uh, my my wife and I are working on uh, on adopting a dog. So you please know. keep us updated. Uh, we, we will. Uh, so Frisbee, uh, he, he basically, uh, accepts his fate that, uh, yeah. the aliens aren't going to believe that he's lying, uh, about everything that he did and, uh, they're just going to take him with him. So he, he sits down and he just starts playing his harmonica to, you know, to relax. <laughs> and it turns out that the harmonica, um, uh, sounds, uh, just start, are extremely grating, much like, uh, 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 Frisbee's face. <laughs> so there are two things in this, um, in, in, in towards the end of that, uh, that scene or, or this act, I guess. Um, when Frisbee, when they basically said, wait, we don't know what lying is. And Frisbee says, well, don't you know, I'm just a, a, a country loudmouth." Um, which yes, you are good Lord. You are, yes. but like he says it with such chivalry, uh, not chivalry, uh, uh, cavalier, Yes, he says it very cavalierly, and um, it's it's just like if a visitor, if just a human visitor, was was visiting the town in in Northeast Ohio, 
and they and he was just oh no i'm just lying to you surely yeah. you knew that right so it's just the 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 flippantness with, with which he he says that is like oh you're you're even more unlikable now. <laughs> um, number two and the fact that like the achilles ear i guess of these aliens is like listening to blues traveler is yeah. the funniest thing in the world to me um there i you know i i i uh had a hard choice to make keith uh do i make a joke about blues tra- uh, traveler do i make a joke about old crow medicine show um I, I think he chose wisely. I think so too. And explaining the joke always makes it funnier. It, it so, does. Um, things are going really great here at uh, Time Enough at Last. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Frisbee, uh, you know, manages manages to distract them, and and I think uh, I, I don't know if it's what you were referencing before, but I think that uh, that that is sort of uh, a moment where Frisbee, you know, like he clearly knows that everybody knows that he's lying. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I do also enjoy the like super dramatized uh, like body movements the alien makes when they hear uh, the harmonica. It's 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 real it's real high school high school like theater kind of stuff. And it is terrific. <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard to to act in one of those masks. <laughs> you know, that's a good point. Also, I this entire this entire conversation, I've not been able to stop thinking about an alien mod squad, and it's all I want to see. <laughs> I'll even see the crappy like '90s movie remake with Claire Danes and uh, uh, what's his name. If it if it turns out that the secret twist at the end is they're aliens, yes, <laughs> no, no, they're aliens. They're 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 those aliens that look like that the entire time, and no one says anything about it. They're just the mod squad, but they're those aliens. Well, I had to have mentioned this before, but I've had this idea bouncing around in my head, and because this has, uh, because obviously it's in the news because of the movies, uh, it feels yeah. especially cromulent. It's the second cromulent of the episode, by the way. Um, uh, I, I, I really, I had this idea in my head of of creating a musical that's uh, West Side Story, except it's aliens instead of rival gangs. Oh my god! And so, just picture people like, like, like the movie or, or like the series Resident Alien. I don't know if you if you've seen that yet. Um, no. Uh, so, so it's it, you know they're dressed so like we can see that they're aliens, but the people around them can't, and it's like two rival aliens. Oh, got it, got it, got it. Like the like the black, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got yeah. It. So, so it's like two rival aliens who both want to invade Earth and are scouting, and then two of them fall in love with each other, and so that's oh like the uh, the the West Side Story thing. So just picture aliens that's dressed so in like normal clothes, like running at each other, snapping their fingers. If it weren't for such, like, a I, I think it would be matched. Uh, battle, I would suggest, uh, you know, what we said before, the uh, the Frisbee aliens versus the uh, uh, Canamits. Well, yeah, I mean, one would have one would definitely have an unfair advantage with that. Um, yeah, it would be uh, I, I, I think the Canamit steamroll. Would there be I mean, would there be any other who are the aliens in? Um, oh, God, I'm not even going to try to think of past episodes keith well there's uh, the uh there's the venusians versus the martians in uh, will the real martian please stand up which is the one where... that that's the one with the with like the uh the diner and the oh yeah okay bus. that that yes. one is, that one is terrific um okay those aliens would i think they would be you know this is actually a separate episode it should be yeah 
Yeah, let's let's make this a, a supplemental episode, um, and uh, kind of. That, that, that can be our that can be our series wrap up of <laughs> what which alien should should duke it out. Like honestly, like like you know, you could do a probably like a NCAA style tournament <laughs> with aliens, astronauts, cowboys, a smaller one for talking dolls. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. I, 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 th- I think we have a great idea. <laughs> I, I can see that, but but anyway, back to the uh, back to the actual episode. Yeah, uh, about about this time, as the uh, as the aliens are are writhing in agony. Uh, Frisbee's able to escape. He goes back to the general store and he, uh, uh, he finds that his uh, friends are there, uh, you know, uh, to throw him a surprise birthday party, which I find is absolutely the most unbelievable part of the story. It is is because there is absolutely no way that a guy as self-centered as Frisbee didn't know it was his birthday. Oh my God. And he's 63. He actually looks 63 in this episode too. Oh, he, he like I. I was actually surprised by that. I thought he looked way older than sixty three. I thought that was a that was a, you know, a, a Twilight Zone age thing again. And uh, you know, next week we actually see some pretty good uh, old age makeup. We do, and uh, and, and you know, a, a dilemma that I think we'd all like to have. Mister Somerset Frisbee, who might have profited by reading an Aesop fable about a boy who cried wolf. Tonight's tall tale from the Timberlands of the Twilight Zone. Cabotron?